Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean, the weekend edition. First, with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB. I'll throw in Saturday as well. Seems how it's the weekend edition and everything. Uh, ben Sanders is a New Zealander who is a best-selling author. You might not even have heard of him, but you need to start reading his books immediately. Jennifer Ward-Leland, also very successful uh, actor, director, uh, and now organiser of festivals. And uh, Jack Tang wants to have a little comment on uh, school shootings in the States. But before any of that, a couple of New Zealand links with American sports. Let's start with the NFL first. A guy who uh, does sports science with the Seahawks. What sports did you play when you were a young fella? Yeah, I was a track. Um, every New Zealand school plays uh, rugby, uh, plays a bit of softball, does track and field. Um, yeah, we, we play every sport. I'm from a country school um, outside of Invercargill, very small and... Um, Everyone get involved in every sport. And so as you go through life, you start to uh, find the sports that you're more um, attuned to, that you like better and better at. And so I uh, started to gravitate towards the track and field. Um, and that was where I got my first interaction with uh, coaching athletes. My, my coach was a, uh, an excellent coach, still one of my mentors today, a guy called Neil Hamilton. He was a yeah. physiotherapist for the All Blacks when they yes. won the first Rugby World Cup. So uh, an awesome um, a stroke of luck that uh, he was my coach and, and obviously a mentor uh, up to this very day. So um, work with him as an athlete and then uh, started you know, coaching different athletes, track and field athletes with, uh, you know, just guys in, uh, who were you know down at, at Surrey Park in Chicago. And so there was a, a particular day that a rugby league player turned up at the track. Um, he got asking around saying he wanted to do some um, conditioning work, wanted to get faster. Um, they pointed in my direction, a guy called Dave Karika, and uh, he was with the Mangere East uh, Rugby League team, um, which was, yeah, completely amateur back in the days down in um, the deep south. And so he said, hey, come along and, uh, and, and you know, do some work that you're doing with me with some of the team and see what they think. And so I started working with the team. And so, yeah, that's, that's how it all started back in uh, the... Um, the, the later part of the 80s. So that's Dean Riddle talking with Nigel Yolden 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 there. Um, so that's the NFL. Let's go NHL now. And the uh, the coach who is in, so inspired by the All Blacks, he's he's introduced All Blacks culture into his ice hockey team. First of all, when did the book Legacy come into your consciousness? I actually uh, picked it up this summer, so not too long ago, probably six months ago before the season started. And, uh, you know, I heard about it and I heard some people talking about it um, and someone gave me the book and, uh, you know, I dove right in and started reading it and it just sort of knocked my socks off. I was, uh, it just uh, hit a special place for me. It hit home and it's everything that, you know, I wanted to getting this job. Florida's my first year uh, with the team, and I wanted to bring in some kind of identity to the team, and it was this was the perfect fit for me. What in particular really grabbed a hold of you? You know, uh, one uh, the history and then the success of of the All Blacks, um, you know, franchise and organization, and two. Just for me, um, listening to the interviews of the players and the stories behind the scenes and what what it meant to you know, put that jersey over their head and the pride and, and uh, you know, the, the accountability that the players have with each other and just the, uh, um, for me, that was that was the best thing. I thought that was, it was a perfect fit and it's something probably our guys didn't know a lot about um, and it was something that I think our players would really, uh, uh, really accept. I love it when you hear um, hockey coaches with that accent that... You know, when they say a boot, they actually say a boot rather than about. 
I'm sure the other stuff he said was very interesting as well, but I got a bit distracted by that. Uh, now, Ben Sanders is a very successful New Zealand author who perhaps you may not even have heard of. Uh, got another bestseller along the way. Can you just tell us a little bit about the kind of books you write? Well, the, the intention is to write thrillers. So obviously the aim is to keep people on the edge of their seats, if that's not sounding too reductionist. But, um, you know, I've always been very passionate in stories with great characters and, and um, you know, great plot, basically. Um, so, you know, that's naturally sort of forced me into the mystery genre where awful things are happening to people, to people that hopefully readers will relate to. Are they set in New Zealand? No, well, it's um, it's funny for me actually. My my first three books were were locally set books. I I had a trilogy about a an Auckland police detective, but I um I found that they weren't selling very well. So I was very fortunate. A few years ago, I was picked up by a, a US publisher, and they had the very good suggestion of maybe moving my setting to the US, and um, <laughs> it's it's worked out well for me so far. Yeah, the stakes is set in New York and LA, so you spend a bit of time in the states. Yeah, I um, it seems like a, a a basic rule to actually go and get first hand experience of the place that you're writing about. So I I try and get over there a, a couple of times a year. But um, I, I've always found that my writing process is is very visual. I can I can picture my stories vividly in my head. Um, you know, and and, and by virtue of actually spending time in a place, I, I immediately have that that knowledge bank. I can I can see my settings. Um, you know, and that triggers little ideas of, of what's actually going on. So um, it, it's just a, an obvious kind of part of the process for me. I, I couldn't get by without it. I'm thinking I to do these podcasts better, I need to go to the places where the things I'm talking about are happening a bit more rather than just sitting in this studio by myself. Do you think that would make them? I think it would make them much better, don't you? Uh, now, Jennifer Ward Leland, she's been all over the place. She's been spending a lot of time in Hawke's Bay recently organising their Art Deco Festival. Have you had fun? It's been glorious down here. It's the longest stretch I've ever been here. I came down early January to direct Madam Butterfly, which we opened uh, on Tuesday the 13th. Yes. And um, so it's been really wonderful getting to know the place. And although I've sort of toured around the Hawke's Bay before, I've really kind of just popped in for two, three days here and there. Mm. But five weeks really gives you a, a, a lovely sense of the community and and what a beautiful community it is. Absolutely. And I, it was my first Art Deco last year. I just couldn't believe how everybody gets into the spirit of things. If you landed as a tourist in Napier on Art Deco weekend, you would wonder what on earth was going on, whether you had, in fact, <laughs> stepped back in time. Yes. Mm. And you know what has been so charming to see is that even when the cruise ships come in, um, you know, the tours that go on around the town all the time, the, the vintage cars that are out and about taking people around, you know, it's really, um, they really really do it extremely well here in Napier. That's exactly it. And and I think what appeals to, to playing dress-ups, and I suppose you know that's something actors get to do fairly regularly, but for, for lay people to dress up, there's certain rules to follow and, and costumes that are prescribed so you know to a certain extent how to act, and there's a certain safety in that. Exactly, and there are so many shops and and uh, places around the town to help you do that properly mm. that there's really kind of no excuse not to. And you know they've made it easy for people, and I think that's lovely. And you're right, it is it is about dress ups, and dress ups is fun if everybody's yes. doing it. Yes, you know you can, and and there's so much to admire. It gives us 
you know, it just takes us out of the ordinary and, and into something that is really delicious for the eyes. So there you go. Uh, Napier, dress-up capital of New Zealand. Uh, I do... They, people seem to love a dress-up around here. Any excuse, somebody's birthday, somebody's anniversary, um, you know, somebody got out of the right side of bed. Any excuse for a dress-up around here. I, I just wonder if all those people can be shipped off to Napier and... Uh, then just live their alternative lifestyle there. Anyway, um, we're going to finish up here. We're going to end up on a bit of a down note today, but a poignant one from Jack. Uh, He's been reflecting on the latest of many, many, many school shootings in America. But I remember distinctly as a boy reading all the awful details, soaking in every word from the features on the Columbine massacre. The 13 people murdered the teachers who tried to save their kids. It was horror movie stuff, but but it was fascinating, I guess, in an awful way. Of course, I grew up, I became a news reporter, I moved to America. I covered numerous school shootings and massacres in the five years I was living in the States. Sandy Hook, Pulse, San Bernardino, and all the others. I came to know the response pattern, the news cycle, If Columbine happened today, it would lead the news for no more than a day or two. Think about that. If Columbine happened today, it would lead the news for no more than a day or two. In a week, you and I wouldn't be able to tell anyone the name of the killers or the names of the victims. Unless there was something really unusual about it, truly bizarre about the shooters. I don't know, maybe they would be dressed in special outfits as superheroes or something. There would be few ways to differentiate it from all the other school shootings. 13 people slaughtered. Columbine was the worst horror imaginable. Well, 32 died at Virginia Tech. 27 died at Sandy Hook. 17 people died in Florida. Things change. But then they don't. And unfortunately, you just end up with a lot of talk and not much action by the sounds of things. Um, There's some pretty activated students uh, out of this latest shooting who are making a lot of noise. Uh, Let's see if they can have an effect. I am Glenn ZB. That has been News Talk ZB, the weekend edition. I will see you back here again with more noise for you tomorrow.